Hi, and welcome to EnviroCenter's Green Room. Meet the people on the front lines of climate action and find out what keeps them up at night. I'm Mandy, and this week we're joined by Melanie Wallet, founder of the Wildflower Seed Library. Welcome, Melanie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having you- me. Thank you for coming. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? And so my name is Melanie Ouellet, and I'm the founder of the Wildflower Seed Library. And so the concept behind the seed library is that we provide free seeds and free plants that people check out. And we ask them to check their seeds back in once their flowers have bloomed, so then we can pass them on to others. And so the Wildflower Seed Library was founded in October 2020, so a brand new organization. And we also, in addition to provide uh, free native plants and free native plant seeds, we also uh, provide lots of uh, information about uh, native plant gardening on our website and our Facebook group. Wonderful. Thank you. So we ask all our guests to bring one environmental fact to share. What have you brought with you today? And so my environmental fact is that native bees are two or three times better pollinators than honeybees. Okay, that's a great fact. I like (laughs) it to the point. Um, So what climate problem keeps you up at night? And so for me, like, uh, that's an excellent question. So for me, it's really the overuse of non-native plants and lawn. Uh, Native plants, because I want to start off uh, by providing a definition first, because I I get asked a lot of questions. What are native plants? And so native plants are scientifically recognized as plants that were here before European settlement. Um, I prefer a definition based on relationships, and I'm going to give an example of what I mean by that. And so when I plant non-native plants, typically I'm going to get them at, you know, nurseries or stores that we find like in our uh, communities. And then they're typically plants that have been bred by growers to present certain aesthetic characteristics. And so longer blooms, brighter colors, smaller foliage. These plants are called cultivars because that's a short name for cultivated variety. And their main purpose is to be in a relationship with me and my other fellow humans. They're here to please me so then I find them aesthetically pleasing and other people in my community look at them and like, oh, Aren't they beautiful plants? If I'm lucky, you know, they're going to feed a few bees, maybe a few butterflies, but mostly they're in a relationship with me. And what happens is that these plants have been introduced faster than our native bees and butterflies can adapt. And so that creates issues for our native pollinators. And so when we select native plants and straight plants that have not been modified by humans, they are more than in a relationship with us. If when I choose native plants, I choose plants that are gonna breed more insects in the ground. I'm gonna, you know, they're gonna feed, uh, their seeds are gonna feed birds, their berries are gonna feed the birds. Uh, Bees are gonna have their cycle aligned with them so they feed off each other. And so the plant that I select is more than in a relationship with me to please me from an aesthetics point of view, but it's also in a relationship with all of the different beings that surround us. And so when we overuse lawn and non-native plants, we prevent our ecosystem from getting access to all of this uh, beautiful diversity. And we create food desert for pollinators. 
and we prevent also uh, wildlife corridors from um, supporting all of the wildlife that surrounds us. And so that's kind of what keeps me up at night. <laughs> I love the description of what a native plant is based on what its relationship is. That's very cool. Um, so what is the solution to this problem that keeps you up? And so, you know, plantive native plants, shrubs, and also trees, and first and foremost trees. Uh, there was some research that was done that, you know, an old tree supports more than 500 different species. And even trees can be host plants also for a number of butterflies. And so it's really important to select native plants, shrubs, and trees. Also, um, I think it's good to ask ourselves, like, what's the minimum amount of lawn do I need to use? Um, like, you know, I'm not anti-lawn, like we need lawn for our dogs and kids to play around, but I think we overuse it and could replace a lot of it by uh, with native plants and, and so forth. And so I think that would be uh, keeping the minimum amount of lawn we use would be fantastic. That's great. Good suggestion. So what's in the way? And so first and foremost, accessibility. Uh, so if you take your car, like I want to buy plants, you go to your local nursery or store, and then they mostly sell cultivars and non-native plants. And so that's that's an issue if you're not aware of you know, the benefits of non-native plants. Uh, knowledge, it's a little bit trickier to plant and garden with native plants. And so you need to really pay attention and really learn. And there's a big bigger learning curve. Um, and so that's one of the issues too. We don't have many examples of what a native plant garden would look like. Uh, because everybody's using lawn in front of their houses, for example. And so I think people are reluctant to strip off all of their grass when they don't know what they're jumping into. And finally, I think bylaws are also in the way because um, it states here, I have the quote here, where on any lands there's heavy undergrowth, long grass or weeds, the owner or occupant shall clear the land of such heavy undergrowth, long grass or weeds, so as to be consistent with the surrounding environment. And so the provincial government is the one that defines weeds, but the definition of weeds includes native plants. And so it's difficult for um, to encourage people to grow native plants when we have a municipal bylaw that actively discourages its use. Thank you. Wow, that was a lot of, that was a lot of information, very helpful information. Um, how can people help? Um, you can get free plants and free seeds from the Ottawa Wildflower Seed Library. <laughs> we have an we have upcoming free seeds exchange events right now. And so you can register for multiple events on our website. You don't have to donate seeds to be able to participate. And if you're looking for specific native plants, you can also go on our group's Facebook wall and ask for plants. And typically people will get free plants, uh, the free plants that they're looking for. Also, uh, remove any invasive species and unused portion of lawns to plant native trees, shrubs, and plants. Demand that your local nursery only sell native straight species uh, because customers have power. And if they feel like there's a demand for it, then we can change the system. And then also demand bylaw changes so that gardens instead of lawn are encouraged and not discouraged across the city. Great. Okay. So what, in your opinion, is the good future? So I think you're going to see this coming. <laughs> but the future for me is a city is filled with like native trees and plants and our city bylaws 
encourage people to remove lawn and foster like the use of native plants like across the sea. That's it for this week's Green Room. Thanks so much for joining us as we get to the heart of climate action. You can find out more about our work and sign up for our newsletter at envirocenter.ca. Follow us on your favorite podcast app or subscribe on YouTube. See you next time.